Welcome, dear Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. My lord. Moreover, that we much did long to see you, the need we have to use you did provoke our hasty sending. Something have you heard of Hamlet's transformation, so I call it, if nor the exterior nor the inward man resembles that it was. What it should be, more than his father's death, that thus hath put him so much on the understanding of himself, I cannot dream of. I entreat you both that being of so young days brought up with him, and since so neighboured to his youth and humour, that you vouchsafe your rest here in our court some little time, so by your companies to draw him on to pleasures, and to gather so much as from occasion you may glean, whether aught to us unknown afflicts him thus, that opened lies within our remedy. Good gentlemen, he hath much talked of you, and sure I am two men that are not living, to whom he more adheres. If it will please you to show us so much gentry and goodwill as to expend your time with us a while for the supply and profit of our hope, your visitation shall receive such thanks as fits a king's remembrance. Both your majesties might, by the sovereign power you have of us, put your dread pleasures more into command than to entreaty. But we both obey, and here give up ourselves in the full bent to lay our service freely at your feet, to be commanded. Thanks, Rosencrantz and gentle Guildenstern. Thanks, Guildenstern and gentle Rosencrantz. <laughs> and I beseech you instantly to visit my too much changed son. Go, some of you, and bring these gentlemen where Hamlet is. Heavens, make our presence and our practices pleasant and helpful to him. Aye. Amen. The ambassador from Norway, my good lord, are joyfully returned. Thou still hast been the father of good news. Have I, my lord? I assure you, my good liege, I hold my duty as I hold my soul, both to my God and to my gracious king. And I do think, or else this brain of mine hunts not the trail of policy so sure as it hath used to do, that I have found the very cause of Hamlet's lunacy. Oh, speak of that. That do I long to hear. Give first admittance to the ambassadors. My news shall be the fruit to that great feast. And thyself do grace to them and bring them in. My lord. He tells me, my sweet queen, that he hath found the head and source of all your son's distemper. I doubt it is no other but the maid, his father's death, and our or hasty marriage. Well, we shall sift him. Welcome, good friends. My lord. My lord. Say, Voltamand, what from our brother, Norway? Most fair return of greetings and desired. Upon our first he sent out to suppress his nephew's levies, which to him appeared to be a preparation against the Polack, but better looked into, he truly found it was against your highness. Whereat grieved that so his sickness, age, and impotence was falsely borne in hand, sends out arrests on Fortinbras, which he, in brief, obeys, receives rebuke from Norway, and, in fine, makes vow before his uncle never more to give the assay of arms against your majesty. Whereon old Norway, overcome with joy, gives him three thousand crowns in annual fee, and his commission to employ those soldiers so levied as before against the Polack, with an entreaty herein further shown that it might please you to give quiet pass through your dominions for his enterprise on such regards of safety and allowance as therein are set down. It likes us well. Then at our more considered time, 
We'll read, answer, and think upon this business. Meantime, we thank you for your well-took labour. Go to your rest. At night, we'll feast together. <laughs> Most welcome home. My, my lord. <laughs> this business is very well ended. <clears throat> my liege and madam, to expostulate what majesty should be, what duty is, why day is day, night night, and time is time, were nothing but to waste night, day, and time. Therefore, since brevity is the soul of wit and tediousness the limbs and outward flourishes, I will be brief. Your noble son is mad. Mad call I it, for to define true madness what is to be nothing else but mad. But let that go. More matter with less art. Madam, I swear I use no art at all. That he is mad, tis true. Tis true, tis pity, and pity tis, tis true. A foolish figure, but farewell it, for I will use no art. Mad, let us grant him then, and now remains that we find out the cause of this effect, or rather say the cause of this defect, for this effect defective comes by cause. Thus it remains, and the remainder thus. Perpend. I have a daughter, have, whilst she is mine, who in her duty and obedience, Mark, hath given me this. Now gather and surmise. To the celestial and my soul's idol, the most beautified Ophelia. That's a new phrase, vile phrase. Beautified is a vile phrase. But you shall hear. These, in her excellent white bosom, these, etc., Came this from Hamlet to her? Good madam, stay a while. I will be faithful. Doubt thou the stars are fire. Doubt that the sun doth move. Doubt truth to be a liar, but never doubt I love. Oh, dear Ophelia, I am ill at these numbers. I have not art to reckon my groans, but that I love thee best. Oh, most best, believe it, adieu. Thine evermore most dear lady, whilst this machine is to him Hamlet. This in obedience hath my daughter showed me, and more above hath his solicitings, as they fell out by time, by means and place, all given to mine ear. But how hath she received his love? What do you think of me? As of a man faithful and honourable. I would fain prove so. But what might you think when I had seen this hot love on the wing? As I perceived it, I must tell you that before my daughter told me, what might you, or my dear majesty, your queen here, think? If I had played the desk or table book, or given my heart a winking, mute and dumb, or looked upon this love with idle sight, what might you think? No, I went round to work, and my young mistress thus I did bespeak. Lord Hamlet is a prince out of thy star, this must not be. And then I precepts gave her that she should lock herself from his resort, admit no messengers, receive no tokens, which done, she took the fruits of my advice, and he, repulsed, a short tale to make, fell into a sadness, then into a fast, then to a watch, thence into a weakness, thence to a lightness, and by this declension into the madness wherein now he raves and all we wail for. Do you think is this? It may be. Very like. Hath there been such a time, I'd fain know that, that I have positively said, tis so, when it proved otherwise? Not that I know. Take this from this, if this be otherwise. 
if circumstances lead me, I will find where truth is hid, though it were hid indeed within the centre. How may we try it further? You know, sometimes he walks four hours together here in the lobby. So he does indeed. At such a time, I'll loose my daughter to him. My lord, be you and I behind an arras, then. Mark the encounter. If he love her not, and be not from his reason fallen thereon, let me be no assistant for a state, but keep a farm and carters. We will try it. But look where sadly the poor wretch comes reading. Away, I do beseech you. Both away. I'll board him presently. Oh, give me leave. Very, very well. Come. How does my good Lord Hamlet? Well, God a mercy. You know me, my lord? Excellent, well. You are a fishmonger. Not I, my lord. Then I would you were so honest a man. Honest, my lord? Aye, sir. To be honest as this world goes is to be one man picked out of ten thousand. <laughs> That's very true, my lord. Mm, for if the sun breed maggots in a dead dog, being a good kissing carrion, have you a daughter? I have, my lord. Let her not walk i' the sun. Conception is a blessing, but not as your daughter may conceive. <laughs> Friend, look to it. How say you by that? Still harping on my daughter. Yet he knew me not at first. He said I was a fishmonger. He is far gone, far gone. And truly in my youth I suffered much extremity for love very near this. I'll speak to him again. What do you read, my lord? Words. Words, words. What is the matter, my lord? It, between who? I mean the matter you read, my lord. Slander, sir, for the satirical rogue says here that old men have grey beards, that their faces are wrinkled, their eyes purging thick amber or plum tree gum, and that they have a plentiful lack of wit, together with most weak hands, all which, sir, though I most powerfully and potently believe, yet I hold it not honestly to have it thus set down, for you yourself, sir, should be old as I am, if like a crab you could go backward. Though this be madness, yet there is method in it. Will you walk out of the air, my lord? Into my grave? Indeed, that is out of the air. How pregnant sometimes his replies are. A happiness that often madness hits on, which reason and sanity could not so prosperously be delivered of. I will leave him, and suddenly contrive the means of meeting between him and my daughter. My honourable lord, I will most humbly take my leave of you. You cannot, sir, take from me anything that I would more willingly part with all. Except my life. Except my life. Except my life. Fare you well, my lord. These tedious old fools. Ah, you go to seek the Lord Hamlet? There he is. God save you, sir. My honoured lord. Uh, my most dear lord. My excellent good friends, how dost thou gild and stir? <laughs> oh, Rosen, grand good lads, how do you both? As the indifferent children of the earth? Happy in that we are not over, happy. <laughs> On fortune's cap, we are not the very button. Well, nor the soles of her shoe. Neither, my lord. <laughs> then you live about her waist or in the middle of her favours? Eh? Faith, her private suite. Oh, in the <laughs> secret parts of fortune. <laughs> oh, most true, she is a strumpet. What's the news? None, my lord, but that the world's grown honest. Uh, then is doomsday near, but your news is not true. Let me question more in particular. What have you, my good friends, deserved at the hands of fortune that she sends you to prison hither? Prison, my lord. Denmark's a prison. <laughs> then is the world one. A goodly one in which there are many confines, wards and dungeons. 
Denmark being one of the worst. We think not so, my lord. Why then, tis none to you. For there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. To me, it is a prison. Why then, your ambition makes it one. <laughs> tis too narrow for your mind. Oh, God, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space. Were it not that I have bad dreams? Which dreams are indeed ambition? For the very substance of the ambitious is merely the shadow of a dream. <laughs> a dream itself is but a shadow. <laughs> Truly. And I hold ambition of so airy and lighter quality that it is but a shadow's shadow. <laughs> <laughs> then are our beggars bodies and our monarchs and outstretched heroes the beggars shadows? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we to the court? For by my faith, I cannot reason. We'll, we'll wait, wait upon, upon you. No such matter. I will not sort you with the rest of my servants. For to speak to you like an honest man, I am most dreadfully attended. But in the beaten way of friendship, what make you at Elsinore? To visit you, my lord. No other occasion. Beggar that I am. I am even poor in thanks, but I thank you, and sure, dear friends, my thanks are too dear to hate me. Were you not sent for? Mm. Is it your own inclining? Is it a free visitation? Come, deal justly with me. Come, come, next speak. What should we say, my lord? Why, anything but the purpose. You were sent for, and there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to colour. I know the good king and queen have sent for you. To what end, my lord? That you must teach me. But let me conjure you by the rights of our fellowship, by the consonancy of our youth, by the obligation of our ever-preserved love, and by what more dear a better proposer could charge you with all, be even and direct with me, whether you were sent for or no. Let's see, Guildenstern. May then I have an eye of you. If you love me, hold not off. My lord, we were sent for. I will tell you why. So shall my anticipation prevent your discovery and your secrecy to the king and queen moat no feather. I have of late, but wherefore I know not, lost all my mirth, foregone all custom of exercise, and indeed it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory. This most excellent canopy, the air, look you, this brave or hanging firmament, this majestical roof fretted with golden fire, why, it appears no other thing to me than a foul and pestilent congregation of vapours. What a piece of work is a man! How noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, in form and moving, how express and admirable. In action, how like an angel. In apprehension, how like a god. The beauty of the world. The paragon of animals. And yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Man delights not me. <laughs> No, nor woman neither, though by your smiling you seem to say so. Oh, my lord, there was no such stuff in my thoughts. Why did you laugh, then, when I said man delights not me? Oh, to think, my lord, if you delight not in man, what Lenten entertainment the players shall receive from you. What? 
We coated them on the way, and hither are they coming to offer you service. He that plays the king shall be welcome. His majesty shall have tribute of me. The adventurous knight shall use his foil and target. The lover shall not sigh gratis. The humorous man shall end his part in peace. The clown shall make those laugh whose lungs are tickled to the seer, and the lady shall say her mind freely, or the blank verse shall halt for it. <laughs> what players are they? Even those you are wont to take delight in, the tragedians of the city. How chances it they travel? Their residence, both in reputation and profit, was better both ways. I think their inhibition comes by the means of the late innovation. Uh, do they hold the same estimation they did when I was in the city? Are they so followed? No, indeed they are not. Uh, how comes it? Do they grow rusty? Hey, their endeavour keeps in the wonted pace. But there is, sir, an eerie of children, little aasses that cry out on the top of question and are most tyrannically clapped for it. These are now the fashion, and so berattle the common stages, so they call them, that many wearing rapiers are afraid of goose quills and dare scarce come thither. What are they children? Who maintains them? How are they escorted? Will they pursue the quality no longer than they can sing? Will they not say afterwards, if they should grow themselves to common players, as it is most like if their means are not better, their writers do them wrong to make them exclaim against their own succession? Mm, faith, there's been much to do on both sides, and the nation holds it no sin to tar them into controversy. There was, for a while, no money bid for argument unless the poet and the player went to cuffs in the question. Uh, is it possible? Oh, there has been much throwing about of brains. Uh, do the boys carry it away? Aye, that they do, my lord. Hercules and his load, too. Uh, it is not strange, for my uncle is king of Denmark. Hmm. And those that would make mouths at him while my father lived give twenty, forty, fifty, a hundred ducats apiece for his picture in little. Splad, there is something in this more than natural, if philosophy could find it out. There are the players. Gentlemen, you are welcome to Elsinore. Your hands, come. The appurtenance of welcome is fashion and ceremony. Let me comply with you in this garb, lest my extent to the players, which I tell you must show fairly outward, should more appear like entertainment than yours. You are welcome. But my uncle, father and aunt, mother are deceived. In what, my dear lord? I am but mad. North, northwest. When the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. We'll be with you, gentlemen. Hark you, Gildenstern, and you too. At each ear a hearer, that great baby you see there is not yet out of his swaddling clouds. Happy he's the second time come to them. <laughs> they say an old man is twice a child. <laughs> I will <laughs> prophesy he comes to tell me of the player's market. You say right, sir. Uh, uh, Monday morning, uh, so uh, indeed. My lord, I have news to tell you. My lord, I have news to tell you. When Roscius was an actor in Rome... The actor to come hither, my lord. Buzz, buzz. Upon my honour. Then came each actor on his ass. The best actors in the world. Either for tragedy, comedy, history, pastoral, pastoral comical, historical pastoral, tragical historical, tragical comical historical pastoral, <laughs> scene individual or poem unlimited. Seneca cannot be too heavy nor plotters too light. For the law of writ and the liberty, these are the only men. Oh, Jeff, the judge of Israel, what a treasure hadst thou. What treasure had he, my lord? Why, one fair daughter? <laughs> the which he loved passing well. Still on my daughter. Am I not in the right, old Jephthah? If you call me Jephthah, my lord, I have a daughter that I love passing well. Nay, that follows not. What follows then, my lord? Why, as by lot, God what, 
And then you know it came to pass as most like it was. The first row of the pious chanson will show you more. For look where my abridgments come!